The goal, surely, Joe. Yeah, I think he's having a shot at goal. And wonderful composure by Devin Smith there just to hit him up. 12 touches in the final quarter. Give yourself a chance to win the game. And he has kicked the goal. Paris has kicked the goal for the Bullets. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 98. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD, pre-COVID, to talk everything Essendon Football Club. <laughs> My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, it is good to be back. It's always nice doing a match review when we've actually won the game. <laughs> we watched a game of footy on the weekend. How novel is that? Oh, it was, it was novel, but it did remind you that this club can cheer you up and torture you at the same time. Uh, it, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the prettiest game of football, but it was, let, it, it was fucko. It's what it was. <laughs> it was real fucko. But let's be honest, uh, if we all got told that we would have the four points coming away from SCG, a, a pretty much a ground that we haven't won since 2010 or 2009, we would have taken it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sydney... Sydney and Sydney, it's just a hoodoo. Every, every team's got them. Every team's got their hoodoos. Sydney and Sydney is that for Essendon. So for It's out all, of the way. That's it. For all the heart, heart attack last minutes of that game and Darcy Parrish's clutch kick, we came away with a win. 2-0, baby. We are 2 and zip. Yep. Um, we haven't lost a game of football this year, so I'll take it. No, that's right. I mean, you include the preseason. you got the Eagles, Geelong. We've beaten Frio and gone to Sydney and, and won there. So we haven't seen us actually lose this year. So Absolutely, man. We've I'll played take that any day. Two away. We've played two games away for two wins. I will take it. Exactly. So, look, uh, it's all positives for me. I'm pretty optimistic because, look, SCG is one of those grounds that basically has no wings. So uh, it's not our game style. It doesn't nah. suit us. It doesn't uh, – it's just one of those ones. And then, look – if we're all realistic, uh, when you're talking, seeing some of the guys who mentioned that they actually one guy wake up at four thirty a.m. Uh. like that's seriously early, yep. uh, and to play a game at three thirty-five p.m., which is what eleven hours later. And the thing is, like the, you and I have been on on airplanes and stuff, where you got to yep. get up at stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, anything earlier than five a.m. and later than eleven thirty, I commonly refer to as stupid o'clock. Yeah. If you get up at that time, that's pretty stupid, right? Yeah. But. For you and me to do it, we're happy because we're about to probably fly to the States or somewhere on holiday <laughs> where we're going to get off where there'll be drinks with little umbrellas in them, right? But for like a performance athlete like the Essendon footballers, that messes with their very finely tuned bodies. Well, yeah. To get up that early and have to hang around and get on a plane and all well, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, some, for some players, you know, the guys live in Dallas for that. You're up and two hours later, it's still dark. Yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> and then you're getting a COVID test. Then you're having to securely going into a bus, then securely go through the airport. Everything's different. Every little step. Yeah, there's no routine. There's no there's routine. No, yeah. You're sitting next to North Melbourne guys uh, going, yeah, thanks for the for the, for the, yeah. uh, for the, for the comments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you get transported to a hotel that you have to go into um, a secure, secure meeting room. Yep. You have to have massages. Nothing is normal. No. There's just nothing There's no normal routine it. that it's, you're used to. It's what scared me probably most about this game was, like, it was just the lead-up and how we're going to handle a 3.35 p.m. game that we've woken up 11 hours and, and then on, on top of all that, man, we've got – and it's the same for every club. I must say it's the same for every club. But we've had the most – Not going to Sydney, that's not. Oh, that well, <laughs> true. Good point. But the most messed up start to a football season that yeah, any yeah. club yeah. – like any, Sorry, any club. Every club has ever had in their AFL lives. Like this the, – the way they have to train at the moment, the, the sparseness of the training and how they don't want – they're not training – the way truck and that wants them to, to train. So yeah. they're coming off a 
the most forced, limited um, yeah. training and start to a season possible. Then they've got to fly to a hoodoo ground. And as much as we had the advantage with tolls, we got the Hooksies and the Hurleys and the, those kind of guys, Buddy and Reedy were out and their number one Ruckman was out and all that sort of stuff. As much as we had the advantage for the tolls, it then has to come down to whether or not the tools can take advantage and all of those things. So Sydney up there, it was never going to be a 35-point win. Have you, in your 46 tender years, have you seen Essendon beat Sydney by a massive amount at the SCG? Oof, if it was, it's not since like the early 90s. Oh, man. I, it, maybe it may be 2000. I don't did we play then? <laughs> I don't, Neil, not if, from yeah, There's no real memory I have of us crushing Sydney and Sydney. Our roving AFL, the lunchtime catch-up podcasts, roving AFL uh, reporter Neil Nakazakerman, <laughs> mate, get up to us on uh, on social media. <laughs> tell us, yeah. tell us whether when the last time the Bombers beat Sydney by more than twenty-five points. Yeah, at the SCG, that I would very much like to know. Yeah, well. To get away with a win was fantastic. I was I was hearing Brendan Goddard on um, RSN Radio, and he was really upbeat. He said, "Look, this is seriously a good win by the Essendon Football Club." Yeah, and he kind of got me upbeat in a way because he said, "Look, I'm talking to the guys. They're they're really happy with the coaches, and and uh, you know the the young players. He goes, the biggest thing I, I took away with the young players looked really mature, like." Uh, the Ridleys and, and, and McGrath's yep. Parish's last quarter. And, we'll, and despite what everybody thinks, yeah. Carl Langford. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Langford, yeah, was better than some are, are mentioning. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a whole segment. We're going to go into segment two. Yeah, absolutely. After the break, what we're going to do, we'll come back and we'll, um, we'll run through all the players. This is, oh, man, we've been, Scott and I have been hanging out for this. We've got stats in front of us from an actual game. <laughs> yes. it, it, we've been talking off off uh, off the, the mic a, a while ago just about the surprising placement of certain players and who's done in the So when we come back from the break, we'll go through each one of the players. We'll go through sort of comments on the back line and the like. And we might hopefully change a few people's opinions uh, on a few players and uh, what they did and what they didn't do statistically. Uh, but after the break, we'll come back and run through those guys. Yeah, exactly. Look, just before we go to the break, just to finalise things, it, I think I think it really was uh, such an important win. It's, it's a game that we normally lose, uh, especially at that ground and especially in that situation. I, it's a, the Fremantle game is probably a game that we sometimes lose, but we have won. Uh and I, I think the key is is I said before round one that round one is really unknown. So you just got to get the four points and move yep. on and build from there. I was not expecting a ten week break after that. So it, the way it kind of it all happens is is it's exactly the same. It's a uh, it's round two's just got really bizarre for me. Again, who knew what was going to come out? We, we all saw the Richmond. Collingwood game that clearly demonstrated where things are because that was just too ugly. Two talented teams with real ugly about them. Yeah, yeah. Two very talented people in a park not playing well. Huh. Uh, Thirty six all, which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and we saw, you know, there was two or three good examples of actually good games, but there was a lot of teams that were just really rusty. So we'll we'll build from there. We're a lot lot better team than than that win. But the key part is. You know, there's a couple of players in that last quarter that was scarce out of the break that probably had quiet first halves, but probably won us the game. I agree. And, and uh, we've got to acknowledge that. So we'll go after the break. What are we going to play, Grant? What are, what's our break Mate, um, um, I don't know. Metallica <laughs> again. <laughs> I have had a bit of Daft Punk. Yeah, right. All right, let's go. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, the playlist. On top um, for the possessions um, for this round, we had Mr. Zach Merritt. Now, that was a surprise for me. I mean, I know Zach, he had a half-reasonable game, but 
I thought Andy would have been leading. Andy McGrath would have been leading the possession total possessions. Well, Andy, uh, look, let's go. Let's go through some ones. So we'll start with Zach Mirror, right? Uh, Zach Mirror obviously had a very big second half. He he seemed to just not get into the speed of things possibly in the first half, but in the second half, it's kind of like a, a gong went off. Um, yeah. And boy, did we need it. Uh, he his last quarter actually was fantastic, and he can really rack up possessions so fast. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He had, a, he had he had a great game. It would have to be close in my votes, which we'll give after the the next break. But yes, um, Andy McGrath uh, definitely was one of those ones. He was clearly Big in the first half, right? I think it was yeah. fifteen or sixteen possessions. Man was, the man was everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what happened in the second half. He he probably only had six or seven possessions. Yeah. Um, still had seven tackles. Uh, I think he, maybe maybe it, it might be from the we were talking before the break. You sort of said. There's some players that came back in the second half and, and did really well and won us the game. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe he just got some of his possessions taken off by Zach, who dominated in the second half. Darcy Parrish, who picked up in the second half. So maybe, I don't know that he just sort of went missing. Maybe just Zach just got the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those ones I, I need to watch the game again to see, sort of see, did he get tagged because he was so dominant the first half? Yeah, could have been. It could have been blip. Clearly, a number of things, but he's had six clearances. His clearance work was really impressive. His his sideways movement is so elite. Oh uh, man, he's, he's he's Gavin Wanganin two point oh. He goes goes left. He goes right. He goes left. He goes. Right. You, you're not quite sure which way he's going to go. No, and it's just he does a, it quick too. He's got a, a little bit of the uh, Ablett Junior hips about him. Yeah. And it's very hard to tackle and very very hard to stop when he's moving. Look, uh, a player that you know. I'll just be honest. When I go on social media, I do get frustrated with this, and it's, his name's Kyle Langford, and, and I, I I watched him at training the week training before that, and to me, he was on the top two players, and I thought this guy's starting to click. I must admit, I know he had one or two areas. He missed a mark on the lead. I get that he kicked one on. The, so did everybody. He kicked one out in the full, which. Weirdly, is his strength. He's usually a very good kick for goal. Yeah. So I get that. But outside of that, he played three positions uh, on that day. He played 10, 15 minutes in the ruck. He played a quarter and a half up forward. He's played two quarters in the midfield. That's what is not appreciated with Cole Langford, his flexibility. Yeah. And it's not easy to play three positions, you know, to say, hey, you're rucking for us. Bell one, one of which he shouldn't be anywhere near. No, right? no, like, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be anywhere near. Like, Cole, Cole, Cole Langford, I, I, I want to use stronger words. Cole Langford, with the supporters of the Essendon Football Club that I see on social media especially, they're like his whipping boy. Yeah. If he doesn't get 28 touches and kick six goals every game, oh, Cole's got to go, he's got to go, he's got to go, he's got to go. Mate, the guy... <laughs> he was Yeah, he was in my top six players. Absolutely, man. He's got 22 touches, um, two clearances, did okay when he kicked one goal. Um, and he's done great. I mean, he's the third highest um, possession getter on the park. And I've, all I read is people wanting to drop the man. No, no. He, he, you've got to give this kid... Um, he's still 23 years old. Know, but <laughs> the other mean? half of it is is that he's got jets around him. He's got Dylan Shield and he's got Heppel and he's yeah. got Merritt and he's got McGrath. He's never going to be, unless he has the game of his natural life, he's never going to be Zach Merritt's 29 touches. No, no. He, because Zach it, Merritt gets 29 and touches. And he's a different kind of player. I think sometimes even his body shape and his style of play t- oddly turns fans off because he, he, yeah, he's not – He's not a Tim Watson. He's not fast and he's not – but oh. he's, he can accumulate and he can I, – I actually thought for a lot of the parts he was under con, full control. Um, did a good – did a really good goal assist. Uh, kicked a uh, – kicked a good goal um, from the boundary line around the corner. Um, I thought he had a level of maturity about him, to be honest. So, look, it, every player had made mistakes. Probably McGrath – and probably sad, I would say. It was almost like, okay, you've played really, really yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, gee, there's guys that made mistakes. It was of a game. They did. I, I'm not sure why his performance is elevated above anyone else's. I, I thought he had a big influence in the game. Uh, he was on the bench the last seven minutes of the game, which I'd like to know why. Um, so, but 
Yeah, I mean, Dylan Shield too was on the bench probably the last five six minutes too really? cr- cramping. So okay, we we it was interesting. Uh, it was interesting call uh, for that. Uh, so yeah, Dylan Shield behind Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield. He looked felt like he had a better game than the stats. I think so. But um, he's eight clearances. I mean, that's, that's elite. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah. Like, look, Dylan Shield has to try to have a bad game. He really does. Like One he, thing I did like, look, probably the most impressive play out of the game was actually involved with Dylan Shield. And Dylan Shield gets it out of the midfield. Uh, and we'll talk about this, uh, about uh, Essendon's um, going back to old ways a bit yeah. in this game. But he was the player, got out of the midfield, and instead of Bomber, he had this great composure, did a great short pass to McKernan on the lead, and and we kick a goal. And I thought, gee, if Shield can get that into his game, he's a massive weapon. If Shield, if anybody else can do it as well. And look, I should have brought that in segment one, and I should cover it just quickly. There's no doubt... Um, you'll see a better game plan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust us that that SCG just did not help what, how we want to play yeah, football. Agree. It uh, doesn't help people like Tom Cutler, and it doesn't help those kind of. I guys. hope the more that we saw the first half of Fremantle, the West Coast game in the preseason, we 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 like a bit of width in the ground. We like to run, yeah. share the ball because you've got the um, players to do it. But it was very cramped this game. It felt yeah. like there was 16 players around the ball constantly. Uh, it didn't just suit us, so I never thought we really got our game going. But I think we will. Like you, hopefully the, the demons clash at the G. You start to see Essendon with a bit more better yeah. ball movement and a, a new style coming through. But we did, you know, Essendon do have to work on its delivery to the forward line. I, I'll give them a grace because it's it's the second game after very little match simulation yeah. practice. But it's just something they've got to get better at because it's, it's a lot a of our goals it, came it? from. You know, Stringer and Waller just doing X Factor stuff, right? Just just doing incredible things. <laughs> I mean, Devin Smith's kicking from the boundary line. Yeah. Langford's kicked from the boundary line. Stringer's opportunist goals. Waller's yep. chased down. There wasn't much goals actually coming from just traditional leading. It did. Uh, I mean, apart from that smack one, like you said, I'd, I've... I've been hanging out for, I don't know, what seems like 10 years to see Essendon. Maybe it's not part of modern football anymore. Maybe it's not a thing in, in modern football anymore to see guys leading out of the forward 50 to, to 35 metres out and hit get, getting hit lace out. The problem with that is that I see Jack Kennedy doing it every bloody week and I see James uh, James Cameron, geez, I'm great with names, uh, Jeremy Cameron, uh, doing it every bloody week. They're getting hit lace out because yeah. people are putting their eyes down. Now, again, maybe it was the Sydney ground... Maybe because we were under pressure, we, we went back into old habits and stuff. But, oh, man. We definitely went into old habits. There's no doubt about the that. The amount it was, it was of times yeah. balls went over players' heads and just were bombed um, super fuggo into the forward line. And just no, the, nobody was there to do it. McKernan didn't have a real good game with the Dukes. And it, we didn't – they're kicking it on top of Waller's head again. And, like, Waller's the shortest bloke in the field. So, yeah, that, that, that does frustrate me, I must say. But – like I said, some of that is the SCG. A big chunk of that is 10 weeks off. Yeah. Um, so positivity overall, positivity in this one. Like I'm yes. happy. Like yeah. someone like – Yeah, it's, it is a bit of a, okay, let's just play a few games and see where we yeah, come well, out. You can't, let's you, get some run under our legs. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when we play mm-hmm. Melbourne next week, the G? Same time, Sunday 3.35. Yeah, at, at the, the G, G right? Yeah. So let's just, see, let's just see how we play Melbourne at the G. Hopefully right? there's a 20% improvement and then from then on there we you can go. start to yeah, – Now, a one guy I have to mention, Adam Saad, just I – Done. I, look, I, I I won't sort of spoil the thing, but I had him best, best on ground I, myself. Yeah, same. I reckon uh, that's easy to fix. As far as influence – over four quarters, I, I thought he saved our butts. He does a lot of things that aren't stats. Like he's he's closed down speed on on his opponent to do a spoil when probably most defenders have no right to get there in yeah, time. And to they'll spoil just it. fall in behind. He and did pokes with his feet, all little taps, all this sort of stuff that just kept on the ball moving our way. And he's obviously racked up twenty oppositions anyway. Uh, I just thought he was fantastic, and 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 yeah, I forgot. You know, I shouldn't forget, but it's just a good reminder of how such a good trade pickup this guy was. Big time. (laughs) And and look, as we're talking about the captain as well, Heppel, Heppel, obviously, you can tell Heppel after the game. He's a very honest guy. That's what I love about him. He goes, hey, mate, I've I've got cobwebs. I've got to get runs under my legs. I totally get that. I I wasn't concerned at all about Heppel. He can play, obviously, 10 times better than that. 
Uh, he, he just needs – he literally only just got cleared at the end of this week um, yep. to play. And, and some may even say they might have allowed another week of running into him um, to be a bit more cherry ripe. But there's no VFL. He's a captain. He played. He'll, he'll, these are the games why it's important to win. Like, yeah, because when he's not, we've actually got yeah. a game into Heppel. Yeah. We've got a game, and and I I should have mentioned Shield. Shield actually has been in the modify group without being promoted too much. Shield's been in the modify group of training for two or three weeks, and I'm ne- clubs never really said why, but he was obviously cramping at the end of that game badly. So that tells me he needed a desperately that game. And again, you know, there's scenarios like this, like Mason Redman and a few other guys who've been in modifier groups. Yes, they've got over their injury, but they just haven't got fully match fit. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows that, right? That's like, why four points was really precious here, man. It's yeah. it's just it's just it's match practice that they've got that, and we've got away with it with a win, and, Absolutely. and they're going to be better for it. There's a massive difference between fit running around the Telemarine, supposedly in in air quotes. Yep. I'm fit to play. There's a massive difference between that and match fit. Yeah, yeah. And match ready and up and ready legs to go. Very quickly. Absolutely. And that's why when when you when we emphasize the fact that it was four thirty in the morning and Tommy Bell lives in Dalesford, so he probably had to get up at two thirty <laughs> in the morning. Um that sort of match fitness where you're in your routine, you've you know what mm. you're doing, you get to the club, you get your rub down, you get your strapping up, and that's it. None of that exists. Yeah, because all of your routine is completely thrown off. So yeah, next so, su- next Sunday they just meet at the club around one o'clock on a bus and they just travel to the G down bingo. the road. They get there twenty minutes down the road. They get there early. Totally they get different. A, yep, well, they yeah. get rubbed down. They get strapped, and it's much better. Now add to that with Dyson five clearances as well, right? So um, oh, he, he you could tell he was working his butt off. Yeah, it just didn't have. He had heavy legs, and he and that's just Darcy Parish. Let's talk about Darcy Parish. Yep. Uh, look, if we're being completely honest, uh, was nowhere to be seen the first three quarters. That's being completely honest. Yep. Uh, he needed to stand up. We had some guys cramping, but again, tired. But again, but again, but played him in the bloody forward pocket. I know, but you still got to get into the game better than that. Yeah, three no, possessions is three no, possessions. Yeah, no, three possessions is three possessions. But, yes, but not when you're in a forward pocket. The club has to decide: is this kid a midfielder? Because that's right. When he played midfield, he took over the what game. What happened? Exactly <laughs> right, man. I'm sorry, but I, yeah. If they got to, for me, you got to understand as much as we're talking about Andrew McGrath and going, yeah, he's reshaping it. He had just as good as quarter as Andrew McGrath's Absolutely. first half. Like he was, so make him number one midfielder of the second group. So, yeah, so something's got to be changed there because I know he can kick a goal, um, but, gee, um, yeah. It, 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 he just looks so just much looks better like when he's in the midfield. Four man. inside 50s, two clearances, 14 possessions, 13 possessions, one incredibly clutch goal oh. with 30 seconds to go from the boundary line. Clutch. That's all in one quarter, those stats. That's, that's, that's a big quarter. <laughs> so, look, the good thing is is you've got a young kid take over the game. Like, we didn't have Joe Danahar take over the game. Dyson oh. Hebel take over the game. Michael Hurley, yeah. Darcy Parrish took over the game. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what you want from your fourth year pick five. Yep. And again, um, as much, I mean, four years, that's when they start, they say, you know, you yep. start to, to get into gear. And his body and shape looks look good. You know, yeah. he was really, really impressed. Just as impressed, I will say, over more of the game was Jordan Ridley. I Did you see him make a mistake? <laughs> no, Not one. He, he just does things very, very well. He's, uh, he's a smooth unit, that boy. He's an underrated mark. He can really get now up. then, yeah. That interesting you say that, right? Because you were telling me, and and Neil was telling you, the amount of marks and stuff that he was now taking in in yeah. practice, and he was deliberately trying to take marks more and yeah. trying to jump across people and take marks. I saw a very assured pair of hands, yeah, in yeah. front of packs, like oh, yeah, he was really packs worth of monsters behind he him. He took and two he was taking really them. good marks uh, in yeah. this game. I mean, really high quality marks where it stands out and go, oh, okay. Hello, but, Jordan. But the, it sticks. Yeah. Like, it sticks in, in, in with one crack at it, and he's running across the front of packs or backing into packs and taking it, which is worth its weight in gold. Just keep pumping games into this kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, you're <laughs> That's right. That's my comment for the day. Yeah. Look, Devin Smith just had a oh. bit of a Devin Smith game. Look, Devin Smith is probably a bit like Darcy Parrish. has every right to go, because he, he got pulled out of the centre. He got asked to go play half forward yep. because the Fantasias. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, 
you know, he competed. He, did he? Was he a star? He wasn't. But did he kick a half decent goal? <laughs> did he kick a miraculous goal? Damn. Yes. He still had an influence on the game. And I will say this: uh, as much as we talk about that parish goal at the end. Have a look at the replay of how Parrish got that mark. It's all panic stations, a minute, say, 10 or 15 seconds to go. The the kit, you know, the it's really tense, hot. Uh, Devin Smith gets the ball, evades a tackle, runs around, looks up for three or four different options. His eyes looking around, sees Parrish about 10 metres away from him, just holds the ball ever so slightly. Parrish is then 15 metres away from him and then – kicks a little um, a dainty kick to him. It was just cool poise with a minute to go play. And I go, that's that's where Essendon would look at the tape and go as much as much as yeah, as much as Parrish has kicked that vital goal, the the, how Parrish got that ball, Devin Smith Devin Smith has not bombed, has not blazed, has not panicked, played played it very cool. We got possession of the ball, kicked a goal and went to one of the games. So Just small things, but th- that's what you get Devin Smith for. I mean, and it's going to be great that he's. I mean, we've missed him big yeah. time. And again, someone like that. I mean, his tackle counts are what, what's he got tackles? Don't know. Um, but he's got. I mean, he'd probably have a few. But his his tackle count is probably going to be lower than what it would be three weeks from now. So you got three, okay? Three tackles, right? So that's not. We know he's better than that. So it's because they're 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 so rusty and it, yeah and it it is his second game in 18 months <laughs> that's the thing man like he's rusty <laughs> Macau's a bit rusty in a big way but Mickey Hurley uh, uh Mickey Hurley 15 <laughs> possessions yeah look Hurley uh, some of these guys are going to have to be honest right uh Hurley was I think the solid next, solid the next five really Hurley I would call solid defensively um I still think He's gone backwards a bit when he's got the ball. I, I feel like he's, he has a very safe fifty meter kick to a pack, kind of. Um, uh, what's the word? Just the way get, he, get out of jail. Get out of jail. Yeah, yeah. a way of doing things um, instead of maybe setting us up a bit more or looking for. Has he ever been that? Inside, go inside um, towards the middle of the ground, kind of look for that 30 metre. Not overly, but I just, I think they kind of need, I think he needs to look a little bit more for options. Um, that's just I my, that, look, I my think take. That's what they, look, he was solid. There's no, there's no issue, but. Bear, Bear's cool. I mean, like in that game, Bear was cool. He, he had probably no one to play on. Like he was, he's running around on um, Blakey or whoever he was running around on, and that kid's 19 if he's a day old and Bear's 106. So, like, you'd, yeah. What Bear needs is uh, Kennedy and Cameron and yeah. someone who knows exactly what he's doing. So, where, where, uh, I'll be interested to see where Hurley is in two or three games because I still think – I know he's trained really, really well. Uh, so I still think he could quite go up one or two oh, kegs. Everybody's going to go up one or yeah, two yeah. kegs. Right? And Hooker too. Like Hooker, Hooker again, you know, not, he's not the fastest person in the world. I'll give him that. But if you just want a guy with a head – on the last minute, on the last quarter, I mean, he's actually won us a lot of games. I want a guy with a head. That's what, what the amount a of cool time head. said. Give me a guy with a head. Yep. Uh, but if he's not kicking goal for us, goals for us to win games, he's taking big marks at the back line. He is very good under pressure. He takes big marks or kicks goals. Uh, you could tell just his presence in that last quarter was it was pretty profound. Uh, did some very cool, calm things. So. Uh, a lot to like about that. Yep. Tom Tom Cutler. Look, don't, don't know, but I've never seen him play. Like I've hardly yeah. seen the man play. It's hard. Like it's very hard because probably our two wings, Cutler and um, Zaharakis, uh, they didn't they set did, the world they, on fire. They didn't have wings. <laughs> like yeah. Sydney's. To, I, I'm trying to work out how I rate this performance. Like Cutler's got 14 at least and had a bit more of a presence. Um, I think he played on the bench quite a few times as well. Yep. Not played, just sat. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, let's go to Zaharakis here. I mentioned him too. So Zaharakis is an interesting one. Uh, and I've quite a few people have asked me to speak on Zaharakis um, because I had him – I picked – look, I, I, on honesty, I picked him in my team for round one um, and I picked him in my team for round two. Uh, I still think – how I thought, I still think he had a, a bit to give to the club. Um, uh, I know he'd been training well. I know he, his performances last year weren't up to scratch, uh, and 
look, there's, there's two parts of this. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hound Zara because we're not that kind of show, but he would know he, if he gets a game this week, he has to pull his finger out because six possessions, one tackle, it's not going to cut it to be honest of a play of that much experience, fully fit. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of up to David about where he takes it from here and whether he gets games. I think, though, I think we all probably think that the coaching staff will give him another game. They don't want to – they're not going to be – they're not going to make many changes. No, no for this. man. So don't, it, for people, don't, anybody, expect, don't expect changes from this. because No, everybody calm down, man. Like they you, understand there's no VFL. They need a settled, that's it, man. They need a settled side yeah. that's been playing games. The only thing I will say is eventually – McKenna and Fantasia will have to get into this team. So Zaharakis has to play well. Like, Look, man, it is it is really clear that David had a bad game, right? Mm. He had a bad game. Okay. Now, not nobody had a, an exceptional game. Zaka had a great game, 29 touches if you just go on possessions. Um, Sadi had a, had a sort of BOG for me, and that was great. David didn't have a real great game. Now, you have to put in the COVID crapola and all of these stuffs on top of his head to say that and cut the bloke a little bit of slack now having said that i agree what you said earlier last year's performances from the man not awfully special right but you gotta understand the experience and the kind of person that he is around the club and what that makes it awkward it makes it awkward in being a leader now now on top of that <laughs> is that there is only so long that leaders can't perform and yeah. before they get out. Now, a guy like um, uh, a guy like um, Tommy Cutler and those sort of things, that they're not expected to super-duper perform just yet because yeah. they're brand new to the club. They get given some time. Now, Zyrakis gets given some time too, yeah. in my opinion, but for a different reason. Yeah. Because you've performed for 206 years that you've been there and that you get a little bit of leeway as a veteran, right? Yeah. Now, it's a brand new season. Last season doesn't exist anymore. Sure, he didn't play well last season, but that's last season it doesn't exist. There are so many mitigating circumstances this year that means that David Zarakis and all of his experience, all of his talent is better in the side than out. How, again, on top of all that, <laughs> is that you need to get a kick, Dave. Yeah, you – well – you need to understand there's a kid named Braden Ham playing on a wing. Yes. That is very talented. And it's very and, easy to see who's going to come up behind David, right? Yeah. It's really so obvious. He, uh, but we're, in some ways, what do we say that David doesn't know himself? He's exactly experienced. Right, he, knows, he knows his performance. They'll talk about his performance. They'll know, he'll know guys like Braden Ham are knocking down the door Absolutely. very hard. And uh, then it comes around to, does the veteran want to – give that a bit more, can he go again mm. and lift to that veteran level of, of getting um, the having the kind of game that the, the Bombers need him to have? Yeah. And you know what? Maybe two or three games from now, we're looking at David going, maybe it's pasture now, mate. Mm. And it happens to everybody. But yeah. well, until happened. then... David, David Myers is on the leadership group last year, right? Halfway through the year, he's playing VFL. Bingo. Right? So this is the thing. David Zarakis deserves our full support until he doesn't deserve it anymore, right? Mm. And that is going to be purely just on how he plays football. But mm. until then, he's a 200-plus game player for the club, a veteran who's going to have a photo up on the wall, and he deserves their damn support. Not one game and then social media teeing off on the bloke like he should never play for the club again. No, I think you got to like you got to give some guys a bit of a, a bit of grace period during this period. He's uh, earned. Th- there's not going to be mass changes. I'll I'll be very surprised if there's more than two changes for this game, uh, I don't whether see whether any. people like it or not. People like it or not. And and look, we'll go to the next guy who they're going to talk about as well as Tom Bell Chambers. Now, we all know he did not have a great game. Now, a bit disappointed there. He, his tap rack work. I'd say it was passable. Um, yep. it, it, first quarter, I actually thought he, he was going quite good as far as in the ruck. Um, my concern with Tommy is running out the game is actually his just general mobility. He looks real um, slow. Yeah. Uh, now, before people just go, no, he's just got to go out the time, Phillips will be a better player. What Essendon have to decide, and we'll talk about this maybe in the next segment, yep. is they're going up against Gorn. Uh, now, Gorn... Uh, obviously was BOG in Melbourne's last game, uh, Maxie. And is a Bell Chambers physicality 
actually going to be an asset against Gorn? I mean, is it going to limit Gorn in those in those ball ups where Phillips might not get pushed around a bit? So it, it's not just a you know, oh, he can't play and Phillips comes in. You got to understand who we're playing next week, you know, and we're playing the best ruckman in the AFL. Um, I'm not as Inclined to just call the chop yet? Uh, Again, it's been one game, man. It's yeah. one game. I, I just wouldn't cut anybody for bad form after one no, game. I, I haven't got Tommy cut yet. I'll be no. honest. If he if he gets towed up by Gorn, then fine. You may want to have a look at it. Um, but uh, I'm I'm giving these guys another week. Uh, only only really on talent, you know. Uh, I'll be honest. I probably have Razio walks in. Guelphie's opponents kicked three goals. Guelphie's had four possessions. Um, I could see McKenna coming in for Guelphie. Well, McKenna's that, a better and, player and than Guelphie, right? Not, and that's not putting Guelphie down. We all know he's a great competitor. Yeah. That's just sheer – that's a top 12, 15 player. Yep. He's now fit. Get him into the side. Absolutely. So there's going to be changes more like that for me rather than you didn't play overly well, so you're getting dropped. Yeah, no. It, it might seem that way, but it ain't really. So. And, and uh, do we talk about Francis? No, about? we haven't spoken about him yet. So Francis, Francis is kind of in that – in that mould, right? So he obviously had moments where um, he would regret himself. There's probably two or three goals he probably gave away. Unusual. Um, I will say one was a very soft free kick. And we don't talk umpires here. I know it's the 24 to 11 free kicks. Um, I know, trust me, there were soft free kicks. Sydney had a great run. Oh, oh, There's no doubt about that. But I still think the scoreline was – you know, maybe we should have won by maybe a goal more, but I actually don't think it really did misrepresent how I saw the game, to be honest. Yeah. I thought we were a little bit undisciplined in, in some areas. Um, and Francis and was Francis, responsible for a few of those. <laughs> Francis yeah. had a few of those moments. One, the Heaney goal, uh, you know, if you see it in slow-mo, yeah, it's not really there. Um, uh, but other ones, you know, he, he kind of invited the umpire to have a look and, and then the umpires grabbed it. They were, they were too obvious, man. Yeah, <laughs> so... His job was to to nullify Heaney. That part he's done really well. Heaney's got ten possessions and kicked that lucky goal from the free. So he's done. It's interesting. He's got three coaches' votes, right? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a bit of truck about him stopping his man. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see him play. Uh, he knows Ambrose is right there. It is very fifty-fifty. Oh, I yeah. mean. Obviously, everyone knows I have a soft spot for Francis, but I have a soft spot for Ambrose. I, I want, I really I want Paddy Ambrose in our side. So it, it's um, it's a very tough call. I think you've got to go with the, uh, a young kid that has a bright future. I've always said Francis needs games. It doesn't bother me if Ambrose plays in the midfield and, and you know, and, and or plays on Petrarca, you know. Yeah. Just shut down Petrarca. You're physical. You can run with him. Shut him down. Uh, it doesn't matter if Ambrose comes in for that role, but I, I still think the Ridley Francis, I want games into this kid. I want 50, 60 games. They are our future, man. we've seen now the 50, 60 games into Parrish and Langford. I'm sorry, Parrish actually, yeah, Parrish, yeah. Langford and, McGra- and McGrath. Um, we've seen how they can get better and better and better, Connor. more mature. Connor um, and yeah. Sadi and all these guys. Yeah. Getting 50, 60, 70, 80 games into them and they can see where they are. Mate, Aaron Francis, Langford, Parrish... McGrath and all those guys—they're the future of the club. Yeah, we, we've got to, you know, we've got to get some of these guys in. So I oh, will keep them in. Sorry. Uh, now, an interesting one for me—you you mentioned a stat earlier, which I think is going to—is going to—I mean, we we mentioned Mason Redmond, uh, Tipper, and like from Sean McKernan, Jakey Stringer, Snelling, Zarakis, Bell Chambers, Guelphie, and Townsend, right? Yeah. You mentioned a stat earlier <laughs> that was not very flattering, which I think, as opposed to going through what a total of I don't know. Well, yeah, well, Paul Cousins tweeted this out. Um, uh, shout out to Paul. Uh, G'day, Paul. Uh, I think at half time, nine Essendon players had a combined 22 possessions. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's where Essendon has to prove. We can't be carrying, you know, 10 guys can't be carrying another 10 guys. Yeah. It's just it's just not going to win your games. Like, well, yeah, we won this game. It's great. It's But moving forward, we need consistency of effort from from all guys. But stretched across them, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Guelphie, five possessions, uh, Townsend, five, 
Zyrak is six. I will, six yeah. I will six, say I thought I thought it done. was their preseason. That's why I'm giving the. That's why I'm giving these performances a lot of slack. Yeah. Because I thought you know when you watch the Geelong game, the West Coast game. I actually thought we did really good team performances and, and we were really high pressure. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not going to overreact to, you know, I've gone to training. I've seen how limited they've been the last three weeks on what they can do. These stupid groups of eight. I mean, I love Mason Redman on the podcast going, how we, you just called out the AFL and was like, how ridiculous is this groups of eight? Like seriously, how do we have one ga- one day where we all can play and tackle each other and the next day it's not okay? Like yeah, it's either okay or yeah, it's not. Like yeah. it's, uh, And they're in, if they're you, in isolation. Yeah, they're just you, you have to everything. understand what, how they're training to how rusty, why they're so rusty. It's, it's just little eight-man drills for most of the yeah, week. It's, you can't – like, it's it's just crazy. And Mason Redmond's a victim of this. He hasn't been – he hasn't trained – not many might not know this. I got that out, right? Um, but he hasn't trained for, like, the last three weeks, like two to three weeks. Uh, he only just got cleared as fit <laughs> um, pretty much about six or seven days before the game but had very limited training. So that's why you saw a very rusty – Mason Redmond. So just Mason will get, obviously, he, we all know his talent. He'll get a he lot. He has far more skills he, than that. The sentence better for the run is a classic example for about four of our guys. Yeah, I um, reckon, I mean, the thing, Jake Stringer. Tipper as well. Like Tipper, to me, I mean, he had very opportunistic two goals at the start. Yep. And I could just sense he couldn't run out the game. Um, so he got clearly wasn't 100%. But nobody is. That's, no, the, no. that's the thing, right? Nobody yeah. is. And, and that's to be... Expected and to be understood. The, yeah, yeah. No, the, the match fitness and running around Tunnel Marines Oval is not yeah. the same thing. I thought Stringer and McKernan, um, Stringer had better hands on the day, which is odd he, than McKernan. Um, Stringer had actually two really good contested marks. Very sticky, yeah. Three goals, but McKernan opportunistic three goals. So it's still needed. So I'm glad. He, he, Sean McKernan's been a little bit victim of when he's playing bad, he's totally obsolete. Yeah. So I actually liked the fact that he had a bad first half, came out in the third quarter, kicked two goals, came out in the last, kicked a yeah. really big 55-meter goal that, um, you know, helped us get it over the line. I liked that from Sean, that he mentally was able to compete afterwards. He seriously has to stop giving up free kicks in the ruck, though. Oh, yeah, he's got to do it. Oh, oh man. Just, just, but yeah. Sean, if you're listening, mate. You, well, you seriously. saw me. You saw me react. So Grant, Grant's watching with me, and I'm like, you know, there's a ball up ten yards out, and Sean's going, and I'm like, don't give away, don't give away free, Sean. Don't get. He gives away oh. a free, and like, it, it's like it kills me because it's ten meters out. We've got Walla, all these guys of talent, you know, Stringer around the ball, just clear just compete, it. Just, just. Pound the ball, yeah, just easy, jump up into the dude. Silly free kick and the ball's 70 metres away. And he does that annoyingly though. So he's got to, yeah, please stop that. Um, <laughs> please, please. Dear Sean, please stop. Jacob Townsend can play obviously a lot better than that. Obviously he, yeah, he, I don't, it's not meant to be insulting, but yes, he tried hard. <laughs> he obviously put a lot of pressure and did a lot of body work and a lot yeah. of blocks, but five possessions, um, no goals is not going to not not cut no. it. Um, Will Snelling. Uh, Will Snelling, again, a, a try. similar to Townsend. Um, he's a try the boy. He, he tries. I thought, I thought his first half was okay. He went really quiet in the second half. Um, and he had one possession, I think, in the second half. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, there, there's some guys that, you know, you got to understand Fantasia's going to come to this side. <laughs> so yeah. you need to play well. Yeah. So, so. All uh, right, well, I think that's pretty much it if we go through all the players. I mean, I think it's a tale of... Two halves of the of the yeah, player list, it, really. It, it was it, the whole game was cameo performances all around. I mean, yeah. outside of two or three guys, it was it was just pockets of little clever. Oh, that's a good play. Oh, you know, it's just and it, nothing and it, was really again. That's and what, Sydney as well. So I'm not just saying us. Sydney would yeah. have the exact same game of you. They're, as they're us. a bit. I go and I guess what we said earlier in the in the podcast was that Essendon unfortunately went back into a bit of bad habits. Yeah, and, and I will say I thought this is just from – it's very hard not being at the ground. I usually like being at the ground. From a TV point of view, I didn't – I felt like our backs were too far up the ground, almost what I saw them getting told off at training for, but I felt our backs got too far up the ground. I thought our structures were just a little bit off where Sydney was able to get some clearances 
um, and and or either again we got the the ball or Saudi got the ball, um, and there wasn't much to kick to again. So I just hoping that gets right. And the uh, kicks they did do went overhead yeah, and were yeah, ugly. And yeah. the the bombing it was it was very clearly evident that they went back to the old habit of bombing into the forward line, right? Just getting the ball, thinking they were hotter than they were, and just yeah. turning around and bombing it into the forward line. Now that doesn't help us even with when Joey D's there, right? Because that's not his game either, right? But I just think a bit once we get back onto the MCG, this next game will tell us a fair bit about where Essendon's at and how trucks getting a message through and mm. all of that because we we can't go back to being two steps behind the opposition on the field marks and bombing into the forward line badly hitting targets because yep. the difference between that and what Dylan Shield did out of the center turning brilliance turns out of the, the square gets a clearance heads up looks down um, McKernan's leading for him. He hits him square up and we kick a goal. Yeah. That has to be more of what we're doing moving forward. Just control, poise. That's yeah. it. Control, control and poise. Lower your eyes. Lower <laughs> your eyes, absolutely. So, well, yeah, look, so we'll, um, we'll after the break, we'll just have a discussion a little bit about Melbourne. We might do our votes Yep. and we'll close off the show. But uh, let's talk uh, the Melbourne Ds after the break. Cool. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. That was a much quicker <laughs> break than I'm used to. Now, if you're wondering why we're laughing, normally I actually just stop at <laughs> that break and we, you know, just talk about what we're going to do. And I've just told Grant, we're not doing a break. Yeah. This music is literally live. And the music was like half the, the distance. I'm sitting back, just had a quick play with my phone, just waiting for the for Scotty to turn it off so we can have a bit of a chat. And he looks at me and goes, you're on, you're on, you're on, you're on. Like, hey, and welcome back to the Show Catch Up Podcast. I'm like, we're going to talk about the demons now. Yeah, so hey. So, okay, so, so next week, 3.30, MCG. The Dons versus the, the Ds. Now, I watch the Demons game because I, I always like to know who my opponent is. Watch that. Uh, look, if you're a Demons fan, you probably uh, you. I don't know how you feel. Like they're they're th- they're forty five to three up against the Blues, who are who are crapola. Oh, real bad. They're real bad. Um, and you've and from there on, you've won by one point. Yeah. Uh, You've, I think Carlton outscored you by about thirty or thirty-five points from the, wow. from midway through the second quarter. So it's that is not convincing. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah, that's especially they, with they the number one rock giving yeah. you the giving you the giving first you service. Yeah, the first bot. Uh, and then, look, do you know what? I don't know what their issue is because I look at Oliver and I look at you know these guys Petrarca and, go, and, and go, Tom McDonald's a big unit be better than this, but Viney, but. Look, if if we can up our game, we can beat this side. We're 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 better than Melbourne. Uh, yes, I, I I expect us to win this game. Yeah, right. Like this is a they, game. No, Melbourne play the G well, so we've got to understand yeah. that's their home ground. But still, if we're not, if we're gonna just make up the numbers again, yeah. then we go. Oh, we might win this. No, if we're not gonna make up the numbers and we can actually do something, this is a game we should win. Yeah, right. Like that's the D's are a a middling to lower. Well, end yeah, of the it, comp. It felt like 15th versus 17th that game. Yeah, right. So middle to low end of the comp and we should beat them because we're not a middle to the low end of comp side. And with with potentially players coming in and with um, Heps and all of those boys having um, a decent run under their belt yep. and another week of training where no one got injured, then so much the better. We should beat the Ds and I want them to beat the Ds. Just again to show, to show the club that they... They're on the right path and they know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I, I would tip definitely tip us to win by, you know, probably twelve I, to eighteen points. I was just going to say yeah. eighteen points because yeah. I look at the Sydney thing and I go, uh, okay, I, well, Melbourne, geez. Essendon don't put sides away. I'd love to say Essendon by five goals, but we just don't put sides no, away. We don't do that. We haven't we haven't learned to do that part yet. No, there's no. We need to like is a, if we're going back to the old game that parish thirty meters out. You know, if that goes through, I reckon. We, we can probably go on with yeah. it, but it didn't. Could have won by three goals, but um, no. We're, it's one thing this group has to learn because one thing it's, you know, you always see Essendon on a ladder 
and their percentage is always woeful. <laughs> like yeah. it's always two or three sides below them that have got yeah. better percentages. So all they have to do is match our wins and they're on top. Uh, so it's about time we actually start, you know, teams that we should be beating them. And that, that's why, that's yeah. why I want from this. I mean, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a different world. It's COVID. It's all that tiresome crapola, but um, it is true, man. We've got to, whatever this season looks like, it's, it's 2020, the Fuggo AFL season, right? But we have to be ruthless. We have to want to smash the D's and we have to beat them because we, what do we play Collingwood after that? Carlton. Carlton. I mean, come on, man. I know, I know. We've got to win this and we got to beat Carlton because then we start coming up against the uh, football teams, right? Yeah, you want – yeah, if you're four and zip, you're young. Mate, if you're four and zip, thanks for coming. Yeah, you've only and got And you don't have your left. tail up, yeah. right? Tail up, playing Collingwood, four and zip. You've yeah. had um, – And Collingwood are beatable. That's not just like – Absolutely. Oh, you know, we go in – Oh, we're getting a my my cat is. I just Scott, I wonder if you can hear that on the podcast. Scotty's Scotty's door opened to the podcast room, and I went, "Oh wow, somebody's going to walk in." And then thirty seconds, we've got the cat below our feet. Um, no, no, so four and zip, man, and the um, the D's and then Carlton. That's absolutely beatable. Yeah, yeah. like d- definitely beatable. We've got the tolls for Melbourne's um, uh, tolls. Yeah, Tom McDonald's and whoever the hell else. I'll one thing, one there. thing Melbourne does have is a very small forward line. Um, so uh, we've got that issue again with Sydney. So Ambrose still might be a bit unlucky unless he replaces someone. Um, that we've got a, they've got a very small forward line. So, that's that, that Tom McDonald and but that's it. Like, that's close to it. Okay. Like so the the rest is very medium sized super trucker. Yeah. Um, what's your name? Um, Melksham. Yeah. Uh, that kind of that kind of goal kicking. Um, Okay. Oh, I forgot the other guy he kicked three or four goals. Who um, cares? Um, <laughs> Hunt or oh, yeah. But yeah, so tactically it's another game. We're gonna have to pick a side that, that matches well with these guys. But we do have an MCG size overall and so we've got an opportunity to run the ball now and, and the play, likes of Tommy Cutler can run yep. with it and, and those yep. sort of things. And again, we the guys will be uh, much better for the run. So I'm looking forward to it, man. it's I was. I've been hanging for I this game. I keep on feeling saying, "Say I can't wait to go," but I'm not. I can't go. I know, man. Like it's. <laughs> it just naturally feels like I can. We're not getting there this year. Like even if they say, "Oh, you can get ten thousand people in there," like it's ten thousand people at the G would look ridiculous. It's it would it'd be. Yeah, like, I think you get ten thousand people at South Croydon. I don't know how club. that would do it, like a ballot or something. But I don't even know. So let's go out three, two, and one. Um, yep. I'll give you mine. Um, I had Adam Sard as best on ground, just. Yes, agree. I had Andy McGrath um, in number two. And three. Again, agree with the two. Three could have been (laughs) between a lot of people. Yeah. I've probably just snuck in Zach Merritt uh, because I thought his last quarter, I thought, helped us win in the game. And I like guys who stand up. People might have Parrish or Shield. Doesn't yeah, you could easily I, could. But Zach Merritt, I'm gonna give credit to someone who, who can win you the game. And, and I thought his leadership, um, which are is an irony, of course, being out of the leadership group well, now, but yeah. he, his leadership in the last quarter was really instrumental as Shield was cramping up and um I'll I'll give him the third. Third vote, Darcy Parrish. Darcy Parrish, Darcy Parrish, man. That's what, fourteen possessions, a goal, clutch, playing in the position that he should be playing in, the midfield. Um yeah, he picks up the one vote for me um, just because he's he's doing what we ask, what the club asks him to do. So yep. I think, and I know the club has to see that, but they've got to understand that he's a midfielder every day of the week. And I just hope and pray that very soon when Heppel, Scheel and, and Merritt are the number one, two and three ranked or the... The, the A-team midfield, yep. I hope Darcy Parrish and Kyle Langford are leading the B-team. Yep, yep. I sincerely hope they do. And when they swap, they swap um, position for, for position. So there's my three, two, ones. Um, Scotty's not too controversial at all. No, and look, I'll just point uh, uh, Mark Stevens of Channel 7 um, had an update after the game that they had a source <laughs> inside the club that Joe Danaher was 95% fit now and, and only weeks away from playing. Yeah, I don't believe a word of it. Now, I will say this. Uh, if you 
to understand Joe Denner. So I watched him train last week, right? Um, uh, I watched him train for two hours straight. Um, so he he started off doing drills with the with the playing group, which was really encouraging. Uh, he did some sprints with the playing group. Um, then uh, he did some goal kicking uh, for twenty odd minutes. Then he went to the oval, other oval. Um, he just basically did two hundred meter at f- fairly good pace laps, and probably about fifteen minutes worth of just those two 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 yeah. hundred. Just stop, stop for fifteen seconds, go again. Stop fifteen seconds, go again. Um, so. It was by far the most encouraging sign I've seen of Joe Danaher. I mean, he would look like a person he looked um, that was getting much, much fitter. Like he's done Hallelujah. a lot of running. Hallelujah! I'm all for it, man. Yeah. Now, I, the reason I say that because I think Mark Stevens has said in, the, in a couple of weeks he could be. Now, that's not the case. No, I, it's not. I, I, I shouldn't speak for him or maybe what the club said, but I've never seen him do off-the-line running or I haven't seen him do contact work. So I'm sure there's a little bit to go. Mind uh, you, do you reckon there's any any training that he does away from the cameras? Look, no doubt there is, um, but to even for me to see him train like that, there's no doubt there is. Okay. But you still got to train with the group, right? The group don't separately go out, you know, and do a private. He's got to train match simulation, contact, you know, for me, it's with the groin injury, you've got to work out that left and right. So obviously when he runs, he's running in a straight line, right? And so the next stage is you have to do that run where you do oh, change direction, change back up direct, into yeah, backs, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, but look, the obvious sign was, was how happy he was. Like I'm not even uh, – it's not like a, I'm talking like, oh, he's going to remain with the club. It's nothing to do with that. It was just great to see him being cheeky and smiling and – and I hadn't seen that for years, like just how jovial he was with the players. And he really gets along. It's very evident he gets along with Sean Murphy, uh, the assistant, yeah. uh, the, the assistant, high the performance. fitness coach and high-performance yeah. coach. So that was really pleasing. So, no, either way you look at it, it was really positive signs. But I, I would say, you know, Without giving a time frame, you'd have to allow a month of quite a bit. And that's of the thing. Don't if anybody, if any one of these reporters comes out, and, and again, Scotty and I don't know from a bar of soap. Neither do the reporters, right? Yeah. So if any of the reporters start coming out going, "Oh, pressure on Essendon to play Joey D. They're going to play Joey D. He could be two weeks away." Bollocks! They have no idea. Yeah, look, right? like they the have good, no idea. Yeah, the good news is that he stepped up training. That the big positive what for me was that he had a Wednesday session. Uh, which went just for an over hour is really a lot of running, a lot of physical, like running, sprinting. Yep. Um, uh, it was the first time he'd done that at, at such intensity. And he uh, and we all said to each other, okay, if he comes Friday and it's got the clear to do it again, then his body's responded really well to it. Yep. He's done two hours on Friday yeah. of the same thing. So he's <laughs> that's the, the thing that's – Positive is that his body obviously is responding to it, and well. he's he's progressing, man. That's what we want to see. All that we want to see yeah. is progression, progression to a point at which he is yeah. more than ready to come back to the AFL. Yeah. Not not just oh he he could be right this week. Oh, I should be right. No 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 no. Give him four more weeks right? and yeah. have him do that four more weeks in a row. Now the other thing I will say about Joey D, and again, no, no one knows when he's going to come back. And to be quite frank, don't care. Right up until he is cherry ripe and kicking down truck's door, right? That's mm. what I want for Joey D. The other thing too is that Joey's not going to come in via the reserves. No, so no. Because there, there ain't no reserves, right? <laughs> you don't know Rusty until you see Joey D's first game. Like but that's my point is that yeah. they are, at some stage, mm. they just have to play him. They just have to play him, yeah. And that's the thing. Like you can't put him in through the, the twos and have him He's still going to take a good defender no matter what. Oh, Absolutely, <laughs> he's man. still six six. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, it's going to come down to that mids, man. If yeah. they do what they did in Sydney, that's. But look, one thing we didn't mention too: just uh, no injuries from the game, which is really positive. Hallelujah. Uh, so yeah, we've got outside of Joey D. I, um, there's not many players. I think Scotty Draper. Noah, uh, Gorn, that's about it. He's uh, Scotty Draper. Yeah, Scotty Draper. Scotty Draper. Yeah. <laughs> it is too, yeah. Yeah. Um, Good to see it's not just I me. <laughs> I know. I was like, is he Scott? Yeah. Is he my name? Um, 
Uh, yeah, he's uh, he will start contact full training, contact training this week. So he's now Excellent. he's now back fully back at it. Good. Uh, he's, again, he's someone the, who he's the smoky man in the second the half thing. of the year. In yeah. the second half of the year, you might just see him selected one week, mm. not because you go, oh, he's beaten down the door in the twos, he's getting every possession in the world. They might just have to go, okay, uh, you're fit. We're running around at training. You look good. Let's play you then because exactly. they can't yeah. they can't see what he's going to do in the twos. One thing he can do is tap ruck. Uh, but maybe, maybe, you know how um, uh, when we had uh, Mr. Dan Richardson on? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When he came on for, the, uh, for our interview, which was great. Remember he gave us that little... Uh, um, Little snippet of information. What was that again, Scotty? From what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take take note of what you guys are saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Dan. But the other one that he gave us, that other little bit of tidbit of information, is that we're going to be playing practice matches. Yeah, yeah. All right, against other teams. So I reckon Joey... Which didn't happen, unfortunately, this week, but hopefully it does from here on. Yeah, because Joey, um, I think might you might see him running around in that. Mm. Just going 80% rat pace, just yep. seeing if what he looks like, see if he can get bumped or see what happens, right? Yep. So that'll be interesting. But it'll be amazing because at some stage you might just get Joey come in one week and then Draper come in the next. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. So, all right. So I think that's um, that's a pretty comprehensive lazy hour again we've done <laughs> on the done. podcast. Uh, I think it's because we're just loving banging on about um, act- oh, an actual game see, of yeah, it's good to see footy, man. It's good to see play. It's good to see us um, and win again. Absolutely. <laughs> like so, I, all I know is 2020 that as bad as it's been, I haven't seen Essendon lose. So absolutely, man. <laughs> Everybody needs to take a chill because we haven't lost the game of footy yet. So you can find us um, at on the socials, uh, lunchtime catch up podcast on Facebook, um, YouTube, YouTube, Instagram, um, Twitter, lunch, Twitter, on the lunch catch up on Twitter. Couldn't get the lunchtime catch up podcast on Twitter, so it's the lunch catch up um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, come and check us out. We've got uh, Patreon up and running. Yeah, we're so we're we're now starting to ramp up our Patreon shows. We did our teams uh, like a 35, 40 minute show when the teams were announced last Thursday. Yep. We'll do that again this week for the Melbourne Clash and yep. discuss the Melbourne Clash more in detail. And come and check us out on the Patreon. That's um, yes. the, some of the exclusive content you get. Um, so for look, the just, just we won't bang on about it, but it's actually just free at the moment. So I'm just putting the shows live to the public. Um, just so people can have a, a check it out, see if they like it, um, uh, just give that kind of freedom. So there's no commitment. Look, if you want to be a member, it's, it can be as low as $2. You won't even yep. be billed yet. You won't, The next billing actually is around about August 1st, so you've got a good run. But, but we'd love your support if you can uh, because we, we do need some equipment. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But we'd love your support um, and hopefully you know we can give you – Something that's worthy of that two dollars, yeah, uh, <laughs> two bucks worth of us. So look uh, again. Let's let's face these D's. Let's get it. Let's get three zip. Let's uh, really let's everybody get down to the ground and sp- oh, oh damn. Let's everyone get to the TV. Yeah, let's everybody get look, to the TV. I, I wanted to. Uh, uh, I haven't told Grant this, but he knows of it um, from oh. from from last year. We've we've had a, a certain guy who's the owner of about seven or eight large venues, right, um, of pubs and large venues. And he's flagged the idea of when restrictions are released to, you know, hopefully to a few more levels, uh, I want to be make sure it's comfortable, of, of having Essendon people um, getting a ticket and, and coming to, we'll be there and, and going to uh, see the game live on the big screen. Um, I just wanted to flag that. Well, I haven't made a massive commitment to it yet but it's something that's you know it would be like a, a you buy a ticket online and it's kind of like say like 15 20 you can get like a, a it's like a free beer with every ticket and you can get a palmer yeah. and that sort of stuff that kind of deal um uh but it is the reason why i've been reluctant to say it uh, because of of the restrictions so obviously it's going to be very government led yeah. <laughs> uh, but i just want to flag that idea that we have been thinking about that kind of scenario especially in the future when everything's kind of lifted uh, about having you know he can he can suit up to seat up to 500 or 700 into a venue when we play interstate yep. that kind of thing and having a really big kind of thing uh, a momentum kind of thing happening where a whole lot of Essendon family come together and and you just you have you buy tickets online and first in best dress kind of thing 
Um, so look, I just wanted to flag that idea. If you can just shoot me any messages or anything just saying or either through our Facebook or Twitter or whatever, if that's something you're interested in, um, we can go down that path. The guy who owns all these pubs and venues and they're really big, no, well-known High-end venues. joints too, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's mad Essendon. So, so we've been talking to him uh, for a number of months. It's just been the COVID thing's been a little bit – you know, a bit of a downer, but it's just something I just wanted to flag for people just to have a think about. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. Obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I thought it might be cool too. We could bring the equipment down there, and as we're watching the game, we could do some interviews with some of the people that have come down and tell yeah. us about what you think about the game and that sort of stuff. And oh, maybe we can even record the podcast directly after the game. Yeah, live so on Facebook, or yeah, live, live on, on Facebook, all sorts of stuff, it, yeah. man. So that'd, that'd be pretty cool. But we better get out of here, man. It's a minute, and a, so it's an hour and a bit. So, um. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've really enjoyed being back for this first uh, game. Go yep. Bombers for the win. Um, and we will see you guys after Dead the game. The speed the that was awesome. <laughs> well done. Uh, we'll see you guys. Let's, let's do that again. I, Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> go, go Bombers against I'm, the Ds, and we'll see you next week. I'm still learning the samples. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>